This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we have mythical entertainment employee Matthew, who did a very mythical thing that we're going to talk about his solo trips to Japan and Iceland. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get into exactly why we're talking about that very mythical thing with a very mythical person. Extremely fascinating. Um, that taps into a passion of ours, which we have written about in a book. Yes, we have. Uh, but we'll talk about that. But first, um, we we gotta keep the, the lifeblood flowing, which uh, the more we share with you, Ear Biscuiteer, the more uh, we then have to update. So it's like we had this we had this big long thing about l- discussion about your um your throat malady, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. I know you went back to the doctor to get a special scope, and it's not that I don't care about you, but you didn't ask anything. I about didn't it. ask. Yeah. Well, you didn't ask about my optometry visit either. Were you saving? I was saving. I was saving it until now because I want to hear along with the listeners how it went. Because um, are you equating your optometry visit with my throat visit? No, I was just saying you. Did, but you didn't ask me if my vision changed. It didn't. It didn't. That's <laughs> so sensitive. Your throat better? So sensitive of you. How? Um. It's not that I don't think anything's wrong with your throat. I I wish I had a simple answer for you, Link. I wish I had a simple answer for you. The answer is my throat is not better. Uh, (laughs) I did not do that on cue. How convenient. My throat better. uh, I still, here. okay, good news, bad news, okay? Uh, Why don't I just tell you the story because I went back to the doctor, the doctor that I talked about on the show. Did he know you talked about him? Was he listening? Isn't that the question everybody has? So, um, well, I don't know. As I was driving to the doctor, I was thinking about the fact that you dished his, the podcast. Dished his dirt on him. The podcast was coming out, and I had not yet been to him. But there was like a twenty-four hour period between the time the podcast came out and he had a win. He certainly could have listened to the podcast. Yes, yes. But to be clear, I also thought about what I said, and I didn't. I mean, I, I, I didn't. I didn't throw the guy under the bus. I just, I I had. I told a story about how I felt that he was posturing a little bit because he didn't know who I was, and the girls in the office didn't know who I was. It's something you would never say to him. That then, if (laughs) he heard you talk about it to a lot of other people that weren't him. He would then probably feel weird, and it might color the uh, the experience you had with him next. The follow up procedure, yeah, yeah. So then I started thinking about what he was. I mean, gonna he is going to put an apparatus down your throat. What he was going to be doing to me, and I was like, well, I mean, I didn't say anything offensive, and I think if he's based on everything that I know about the guy, maybe he would apologize. He's, he's got like a. It seems like he's got a good sense of humor, hmm. so he'd probably be like, oh, I heard your podcast, pretty funny stuff, or something like that, like. But all indications when I returned to the doctor's office were that no one had. He still had his head up on up his own butt. 
No one had listened, I'm not gonna say anything. No one had listened to the podcast. So apparently they're not your Biscuits fans mm. at the office, which is fine by me. But but it was firmly established that many of them were fans, so. Well, but that doesn't mean you, I mean, if you listen to Ear Biscuits, that's They're a, not a true fan like, a, like you. That's a special fan. You special listener. Just because somebody's seen an episode or two of Good Mythical Morning, I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> All right, am I right, am I right? <laughs> and can't speak to, and can't, can't bring themselves to speak to you when they're doing a medical exam, like the nurse could. Well, we don't need to rehash all that. I'm just saying that odds were pretty high that someone there said, hey doc, you should listen to him. Yeah, I thought about that. So I was scanning everyone's face you. when I went back. No indication that anyone had seen it or if they had, they were playing it cool. So it was Did just- Did you see the nurse who couldn't speak to you? Yeah. Could she speak to you? Interesting. So she- Interesting. Did, she did not come in. A different one came in oh. to do my like initial like evaluation. But then when the doctor came in, the same girl from before came in with him. Did the she girl, say anything the, this time? The girl that won't see me by herself. The girl that will only see me with the doctor. She came back again. She didn't say anything. She smiled a lot. Oh gosh. Um so but here this is this is basically what happened. So did he get macho? He was super like he was cool. honestly he was like he was super cool and super nice and like super understanding to the point that I thought that maybe he listened and he felt bad. Like but I t also think that I, I was reading a lot into the last time. Maybe you feel bad. And it's all in my head. Well nothing else is all in your head. So how's your throat? <laughs> so he looks at, well no, so he comes in there and he's like, okay, uh, well, I'm like, well I've still got the situation. Like when I talk for a while, I mean it's happening right now. We just finished you know, talking to Matthew. And so it's like, there's irritation, but it gets a, it's a little bit better like every day. Like, but you know, you don't wanna go five or six weeks with a throat problem. Like you, it just becomes annoying, right? So I want it to get, definitely. I, I want it to be <laughs> over with. And, but it's not going away. So I was like, I'm still having the issue, but you know, it seems like it's getting a little bit better. It's just not going away fast enough. And he's like, well, I'm gonna take a look at your vocal cords. Which is what you wanted. You wanted definitive proof that there's not some like nasty polyp growth, fill in the blank on your vocal cords. Yeah. So you're getting what you want, finally. Yeah, I wanna know that like, because you know, you, if you do what I do, and you start reading things on the internet, which is almost always a mistake, especially as it relates to medical problems. You you talk yourself into, well, um, I probably have some sort of uh, irritation that's gonna require vocal rest, whatever, and so. Yeah. So he, he says, okay, well, I'm gonna look at your vocal cords and I'm going to do, uh, I'm just gonna use the scope. I'm not gonna do the video scope. No, video strobe, which is apparently this thing where they bring a voice, like a voice therapist in, and he, they put a strobe light basically on your vocal cords and they have you do all these exercises mm -hmm. and then they can analyze the vocal cords to make sure that you're using them properly so you're not doing things that induce damage. Hmm. And he was like, all singers and all voice professionals should really do this, you know, to make sure you're using your voice. But we're not gonna do that today, you should come back for that. What I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna use this little thing. Uh, 
basically the thing that that you had done in the in the plastic surgery video that we did. Did you gagalicious? So, and I was like, listen, I have a horrible gag reflex. He's like, well, I'm gonna do two things. I'm gonna spray this thing in your nose that de- let, let, like deadens the nose, and I'm going to spray this other thing that opens up the passages. Yeah. And so he's like, and uh, boy, that was an odd feeling. He left for about 10 or 15 minutes to let it completely set in, and not being able to feel your nose and the back of your, like top of your throat, that's like a disconcerting feeling and I was like swallowing and I couldn't feel myself swallowing and then I was like, I'm just like sitting there in the doctor's office by myself like. Like, a, <laughs> like the clucking like chicken? Sw- swallowing and. <laughs> I'm the clucking chicken. <laughs> worrying about myself. <laughs> and then he comes in and uh, he's like okay and he like looks up there and he's like well first of all you have a severely deviated septum which I already knew. Um, what is that? It just means that you're your the separator in between your nostrils in the back is 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 undulated. Yeah, and at one of the factoids I learned on the video screen in the doctor's office while I was waiting is that eighty percent of the population has a deviated septum, which I also knew that lots of people have a deviated septum. But he was like, "You have a you have a pretty severely deviated septum." He's like, "But he wasn't like, we should get that operated on." He was just like, "It's a pretty simple operation. We can talk about that later." Oh. Um, it could be one of the things that like, contributes to like, sinus issues that then creates, you know, who knows, maybe it's all creating a problem. But the scope, man, But he throws in the scope. But the thing about the scope is that if, it's, if your septum is deviated, it can be kind of difficult to get back there. You gotta power through it. But he was like, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna push on this thing and he's like, don't worry, it's not sharp, but he's pushing on it. And he's like, mm, mm, and it's like hitting my oh. nose. And I'm going, look, and then I can feel it get through my nose. Oh, like an ice And then pick? I can feel it in the back of my throat. And then I'm just sitting there and going. You made oh, that, I sound like an alien. You made that noise? And he's like, you're doing great. I'm like, well, I'd like to see the guy who's not doing great <laughs> because <laughs> oh, God, I dude. do not feel great. I do not feel as if I am coming across like I'm doing great right now. <laughs> and the nurse is taking selfies with you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but actually I don't think I did that bad <laughs> because I eventually Me quit, quit making noises and I uh, was able to kind of go, like go <laughs> and breathe like that. Did you do that thing where you like raise one eyebrow? I typically only do that in pictures. <laughs> and so then I, um, so then he's like, okay, and he like, pulls it out, it feels like somebody's just pulling something, it's crazy how it feels. You know? Like a worm, Yeah, like a camera worm. It's like sometimes like when like you were a kid and you started choking on a piece of spaghetti. Yeah, and then you pull it out through your nose. It, and you can like, nah, I never pulled it out through my nose. So he says, well the good news is, no he didn't say that, he was just like, there's nothing wrong with your vocal cords. He's like, they're inflamed, but there's not like damage or a polyp or a cyst or something like that. He's like, they're just inflamed, like it's still inflamed. So, so what's the bad news? That's great, by the way. The, I mean the bad news is, is they're still, it's still inflamed. So I was like. That he doesn't have a definitive answer Might for it you. be allergies? He was like, maybe. <laughs> But then, but that. You but, said, might it be allergies? Yeah, that's how I, well, let's be honest, I speak to medical professionals, I use very proper grammar so they'll, <laughs> so they'll respect me. 
Might it be allergies, allergies doctor? <laughs> Might it be allergers? <laughs> Might it be allergies? <laughs> Aller- allergers is the term that I've been we doing use. some thinkers. And, Might it be allergies? <laughs> <laughs> Doc, I got one question before I leave. Might it be allergies? <laughs> so he said, maybe it might be, might it, it be, and uh, but might that it be, but that didn't turn into. But I'm so I'm going to give you some prescription medication, which I don't want more medication. It turned into I'm going to give you the bill now. Yeah, it turned, let's wrap this I'm up. I'm going to charge you for this procedure that I just did, and you're going to go back about your life. And so, but. But are you? I'm not. Now I'm, my worry has shifted. Oh, you know, yeah. it's now, like whack a mole. I'm not like worried about vocal cord damage. I'm just worried about. Well, what is it that's causing this? Like, what is it really? You're worried about me, aren't you? Is it you causing it? You're just how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but I'm not that worried. Well, it's, it's, it's a pretty. It's a pretty. It's you a, know, it, it's nothing that's permanent or devastating. No, it could be a systemic uh, infection that's gonna kill me, but chances are pretty small that that's the case. But at least there's something for you to talk about. Yeah. All right, success. Well, I'm glad, I mean, all you had to do was ask, man. I could've told you this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I, I Just try to find some peace of mind in it, okay? No, <laughs> I'm It's I, good news. I'm trying, man, that's why I went to the doctor. <laughs> but now. With what the doctor told you, he found nothing devastating. So, let's celebrate. By showing some love to our sponsors. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we like to eat. Mm-hmm. We like to eat snacks. Yes. Problem with that is that we usually have two choices. We got to choose between delicious and a billion calories or boring and tasteless. But that decision doesn't have to be made anymore. Thanks to Nature Box. I like how you got really dramatic yes. when you were talking about the the decision to order snacks from naturebox.com. It is very simple, just go to naturebox.com, choose the snacks you want, and Naturebox will deliver them right to your door. I am so pumped up about Naturebox that I am going to perform a jingle that I'm gonna write right as I'm performing it. I don't know if you're authorized to do that. Nature Box, it's like a box full of nature. And by nature, I mean snacks. Hundreds of snacks that you can choose, choose from, and they taste, taste good, and are actually better for you than crappy snacks. Cause there's no crappy snacks at Nature Box. Yeah, dot com. Well, it's not naturebox.yeah.com, so I should say naturebox.com. Okay, that was a great jingle. Um, Thank you. I have a few critiques, it doesn't rhyme at Literally any point, there was not a rhyme in there. Well, but, but, it was jam packed full of tasty information. Uh, I also have to say, uh, I think I'm legally bound to say that is not the official jingle for Nature Box. Yet. That is Link's jingle. That is not even our jingle for Nature Box. That is Link's jingle for Nature Box. Sweet Sally, get would, ready for the sea salt chickpeas. Oh if gosh. you please give me those, cause they're simple and nice and salty, but not too salty. It's just right. But well, you might as chickpeas. well sing about the honey barbecue crunch because I like that. Rhett likes the honey barbecue crunch. It's so crunchy and barbecue honey. Okay, that was the part that I endorsed. Was the was was that last part? I endorse all the facts that were in Link's jingle. I don't. <laughs> I do not in, endorse the melody, the rhyme scheme, 
or the inflection. <laughs> there is no risk. If you ever try a snack you don't like, don't eat it. NatureBox will replace it for free. And right now, you, Ear Biscuit listener, you can get three free snacks with your first order if you go to naturebox.com slash ear. That's naturebox.com slash ear for three free snacks with your first order, naturebox.com slash ear. Hey, Spotify listeners, did you know that you can be listening to this podcast, yes, Ear Biscuits, on Spotify? And it, well, unless you're already listening to it on Spotify, we don't have to tell you that, but Maybe you've never listened to, on, to anything on Spotify. Well, this is also a good reason to Spotify it up for the first time because this podcast, Ear Biscuits, is on Spotify. Yes. Did this, I say that? You did. The streaming service that you know and love for music is also fully loaded with podcasts. Find us in the podcast section within the browse tab when you're using Spotify on mobile or just by searching for Ear Biscuits. While you're there, click to follow us to have our new episodes delivered right into your Spotify library. Head to spotify.com slash podcasts for more. It's a beautiful arrangement. Now on with the biscuit. I, I am happy for, I know I've been giving you a hard time about your, your, your uh, medical condition. Um, <laughs> but I didn't just put it in air quotes. Uh, but I'm You wait until you have a problem, man. You wait until you well, have a that's problem. That's the thing, I'm not see, waiting. See if, I'm, if I come around. Well, you're, you're helpful because you'll like Google it for me. Mm-hmm. You'll, fi- you'll figure it out. You'll run all the numbers for me. So I, what I'm trying to say is I know I've given you a hard time, but I'm glad that you don't have anything. Because I, I would, I don't think I would feel really bad but, if you had something. But I don't think you're, I don't think we're on the same page. You still feel bad, but you don't have anything. You don't have throat cancer, But how man. could you, but no, but how can you, if you feel bad, you have something. It's a cold. Pro, it's probably nothing serious. You have, a, you have an elongated cold. Colds don't last six weeks. Where are you going now? Who are you gonna see now? I'm not going anywhere, I'm gonna stay right here. I wanna explain what Matthew does for us as a member of the Mythical Crew for people who don't understand. Matthew, thank you for joining us here. You are a solo adventurist and we didn't even know it. (laughs) So we're gonna talk about that, but. um, I'm interested in having you explain that. What 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 Matthew does? I'd like to see your your perspective. Yeah, me too. Actually, I'm very interested. <laughs> Are both of you trying to say I don't know what Matthew does here no, at Mythical no, Entertainment? No. I send you notes all the time on stuff <laughs> that you do. Like, um, I know it's centered, but can you make it look more centered by uncentering this? Mm-hmm. So, a lot of graphics work. Very excited about. Um, the branding and rebranding of lots of things, the inventor of logos. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that's graphical that, um, I, I would not every single thing we do this graphical, yeah, correct. But, but a lot of graphic design um, is to your credit, sir. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, I would say. Lots of logo work for, for mythical, uh, this is mythical. Mm-hmm. Um, and merch, merch that people don't even know exists yet, has has logoing that you've <laughs> invented. That's pretty spot on. What do you think? How do you think he did, Rhett? <clears throat> he did. He, he. I feel like you missed a pretty big thing, which is you do other things too. I'm leaving <laughs> yeah. that to Rhett. I know he does uh, other things. Like what, Rhett? The, the massaging. <laughs> is he not massaging? <laughs> oh yeah, he's. The, is he not massaging you? 
He's the every, Fri- every Friday. Man, is that just me? <laughs> uh, Matthew, why well, don't you why don't you speak up about the masseusing you've been doing discriminately? Oh, okay. Well, the other thing that goes in to what I do as well is I actually do a lot of the photography here. So yes. even today, that was it. We were doing a big photo shoot for new merch that's coming out, and we've gotten to the point where I've done this enough where Rhett's hair is out of place, and I was like, I just. I'm just gonna do it, and I went in there. Yeah, he just did. got all up in there. But it, I was in watching my mind, this that was happen, a massage. <laughs> and it made it, it that massage made his hair worse. Yeah, I realized I wasn't good at it, and immediately stopped. <laughs> and then um, Rhett, Rhett had to no, use the mirror function I appreciate on his I've phone. Had, I've had a weird hair day, so I, I appreciate it. The other thing that and you may have mentioned this in passing, but I mean, any anything that moves. Mm-hmm. On the screen of Good Mythical Morning, that is I did not, not mention that yet. That is not us. Mm-hmm. He's responsible for motion graphics. So you yes. design graphics. Well, not just things and then you move, put them in motion. You know, yeah. The way I describe it to anyone else that tells me, "Oh, what's your job? What do you do?" I say, "You know, when like words move on TV and like movies and stuff, that's what I do." Because when you ever you say graphics or text, people don't exactly imagine. <laughs> Perfectly pictured. That's a dog. <laughs> I don't know why what Jade's barking at. I, no, she's agreeing with me. I think. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna but snap yeah. at her, and then nothing's gonna happen. But yeah, when you say graphics or or even t- titles, people aren't exactly picturing. But when I just like words, when they move, people are like, "Oh yeah, I've seen words move." And words move quite a bit. Yeah, around, around here, more yeah. and more all the time, thanks yeah. to you. <laughs> exactly. So I, I love it when words move. I love it when logos come together. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we love is the idea, I'm transitioning here, to the idea of going somewhere solo, like solo adventuring. Um, well, we and that's li- what we're gonna talk to you about. We like it but, so much that you- we we made it a, a chapter in the book of mythicality. So um, again, Red Link's Book of Mythicality, the book that we have coming out in October, um, is all about what mythicality is. And, you know, a combination of curiosity, creativity, and tomfoolery is, is, is what it is. But we talk about how we've experienced that in our lives and how we try to pursue it. And we've, you know. Uh, and you, through 20 tenets. Yeah, and mythicality is not limited to the 20 tenets of mythicality that are in the book of mythicality, but uh, they are at least equal, they at least include that. So, and one of those is a chapter, each chapter is a tenet of mythicality, and one of those chapters is isolate yourself with yourself, where we talk about times that we have personally uh, attempted to isolate ourselves to find time alone, how important it is to us both uh, in the past and and, and now. Uh, because we do think that, especially as you know, as we've gotten busier and busier as the years have gone by, there's a lot of things going on, not just in our business lives, but also the fact that we've got families and so you're kind of always around people and then when we're not always around our families, we're always around each other. <coughs> yeah, and, and so you, and you should begin to value that time to yourself. And in the in that chapter we trace, have you read the chapter? You've seen the book and it's, and it's uh, I've seen various pieces, <laughs> I've never, Really, fully seen it. Okay. But well, it'll it's be. Not, it, it will be required reading, point, right? But yeah. not yet because it's not it's not officially published yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, get on that train quick, buddy, because uh, 
It's leaving the station. I mean, and, I helped uh, kind of build the train a little bit, so I would want you to get on your that train. Your, name, your yes, name's in the you credits. Yes. Mm-hmm. You, you, you graphically designed some yes. of the stuff in there. Yeah. Um, but we give background about how over the over our entire lives, we've been anti-isolated. Um, so we don't have to go into all those details here, but it brings us to a point where, just a few days ago, where we heard, you know, we, we were talking with uh, Cody and Jacob, um, who helped produce Ear Biscuits, and they just mentioned offhand, offhand that, oh, Matthew went to Iceland by himself on a, on, a, on a trip over the summer. And we're like, what? I'm so jealous. <laughs> and one of the things that we wanna do on Ear Biscuits is talk to mythical people about mythical things that they have done and are doing. And so we found out that you had manifested a tenet of mythicality very recently in your life. Uh, we were like, well, let's have an ear biscuit about that. And, and that and brings I, us to this point. But I but I should have said that you can pre-order the book at bookofmythicality.com. <laughs> yeah. You could have said that, you, Matt. Yeah. I could have. Yeah, I'll say it a few times. Bookofmythicality.com. See what it feels like. For Bookofmythicality.com. Bookofmythicality.com. There's really no excuse not it to feels just great. not to just visit the website. So, I mean, how does how does one decide to be a solo adventurer? I know you have friends. This is not <laughs> this is not going to be a sob story. I'm glad you know I have friends. Uh, that's good too. Um, I don't know, I think it's just- I've been watching you and your <laughs> friendships. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it was like a slow accumulation. It was kind of, I think it goes into that bucket list category in life, you mm-hmm. know, where you always think about these things. They're like, oh, I wanna do that someday. Yeah. Um, and I think it was that for majority of my life until the first time I traveled alone, um, which wasn't Iceland actually. Um, <laughs> I've traveled alone actually one internationally one more time before, and I actually went to Japan alone for two weeks. Oh my! Oh, so the, which one was, should we talk about first? Um, so it's up to you. I mean, I like to work chronologically, and I think it kind of influences kind of why I did Iceland. Oh, was, let's do that then. Well, yeah, yeah. but even um, before that, yeah. So, if, are you saying the bucket list item? Yeah, before that, leading up to that was. I want to go to Japan. No, I'm saying before or that. Or I want to travel alone. I was like, how do you become a person who knows that they can travel alone or should travel alone? I think everybody should, but not everybody does. So you have to, have, there's something that has to click at some point. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it was, it's kind of like anything else in life. And I've tried to apply this to everything else in my life that like so many things seem that you've never done before seem hard or difficult or oh only Scary. certain yeah only certain people can do this mm-hmm. yeah i i know someone has traveled alone and done this before but they're they're more brave or crazy whatever you want to apply to them no matter what it is but i think it was a combo of things um i actually have a close friend um who traveled alone like he actually skipped college like took a bunch of years off after high school and traveled Central America alone, traveled around Israel and the Middle East alone, uh, traveled India alone. And I that was definitely a big factor for me was, you know, I went to college and we stayed in touch and whatnot. And so I kind of followed his journey, you know, alone through the world. Um, and that made like that 
that item on my bucket list just get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's like, I, I have to do that. I have to try this. I have to try this sometime. Yeah, um, I knew people that got married and had kids. And it sounds like a joke, but especially the kids part, like it, and hanging out with kids people who had kids, joke. it's like, oh, I could, I think I could, I think Christy and I, we could have kids. Like I, I know. That's how it happened with phys- you. Phys- like, I believe we, we may have children. <laughs> I remember hanging out with people with kids and I was like, they can, they're doing it. This mm-hmm. is what it's like. And it's, they can do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can do it. We should, we should give it a shot. We shouldn't wait until we feel like we've got it figured all out to have a kid. But I never met anyone who traveled anywhere solo, so I never mm-hmm. thought I could do that too. Mm-hmm. But Boy, you your had life, a, life you, could have been so different. You had a friend. <laughs> yeah, so I think that was one factor right there. But then the other factor was I did get to travel a good amount with my family as I was growing up. Uh, we went, I went on a lot of trips with uh, my brother, my sister, and my dad, especially. Um, but those were you know, family trips, whether they're a road trip down to Florida or flying to San Francisco to visit an aunt. Um, and it was always a family trip led by my dad, which I will say my dad is one of the best travelers I know in life, period. You know, He's very organized. Um, he's very pro itinerary, or at least when he was traveling around with us all under the age of like 15, like he had, he kind of had to be on top of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he always seemed to know exactly what we're, we were doing, what we were going to do next. And like, was just always keeping the time schedule for things. Was his name Rick Steves? No, just Michael Dwyer, but close enough. Okay. Hmm. Um, <laughs> you know who Rick Steves is? Rick Steves Europe, one of my favorite shows. <laughs> He's a traveler, man. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to over and not see I wouldn't want him speeds. to be my dad, though. Yeah, the socks and the sandals <laughs> wouldn't, have, wouldn't have worked. Yeah. But yeah, so. Did your dad wear socks with sandals, like Tevas? No, no. With, oh. No. Ain't no self-respecting wow. person does that. He was an itinerary man, and he was a, a sockless Teva-wearing traveler. Yeah. Exactly. Or did he wear, like, chakas? Or chakas. Chakas are my mispronunciation, inde- inevitably, of those fancier tevas that have more straps. I don't go down that hole. Oh, road. we're talking about the san- sandals that aren't flip-flops that have the multiple straps. Strappy, strappy, strappy. Yes, he wears those, but no no socks, no socks. Oh, cool. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> now that we've got your but, dad's feet pictured. But anyway, pictured. all my experiences with travel before were with my family. Um, which I love and everything, but I think the number one thing I associate with it was lack of control, I think is the best way to describe it, was like I was being brought to these places uh-huh. that I wasn't necessarily choosing to go. Um, hmm. And I think that was one of those things that I just always thought about. I was like, oh, I want to be able to go on a trip, but I'm in charge <laughs> mm-hmm. and see what that's like. Without my family or anybody else. Yes. No companions. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a... I mean, being in control and then going companionless, going solo, that, that's still a bit of a leap. Mm-hmm. Did it take more than just the guy who, who did it to say, I'm, I, that, that I, thought is now in my head? I think the main time when I like made the hard decision, like went online, bought plane tickets was actually, it was 2014 um, and I had already decided I was gonna move to Los Angeles. At the time I was living where I grew up and where I was living, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I had already made the decision I was gonna move to LA and I'd been saving up for well over a year. And I kind of realized I'd saved up more than I had planned. 
and then also realized like, oh, I could, I could go on that trip. Like I have enough money that I could budget out a trip. And I especially knew the second I moved to Los Angeles, that like I wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think to travel outside the country alone while I was living in Los Angeles trying to find a job. Mm-hmm. So I. And I had already so you had you had some money stashed away. You had a window of time, mm-hmm. and there was kind of a okay. So, so I also see there's a little bit of a clean break. Like mm-hmm. when you moved from Milwaukee to L.A., was that just you? Did you even know anybody out here? I knew three people, maybe that would be out here, but you didn't move out with them. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that was the thing was I already knew I was going to move out alone. I already knew I wanted to live alone in L.A. Um, and so it was. I kind didn't of, think anybody could do that. <laughs> Nobody can afford to live alone in L.A. I, I mean, spoiler alert: I have a roommate now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and that was my plan. And I think it was a combination of those like big life choices, where I was already like, I'm going to move halfway across the country already. You know, like almost wanted to kind of prepare. Where I was like, okay, and I'm going to travel. So it wasn't alone. that you were moving to LA and then you just severely overshot it and ended up in Japan for two weeks. Well, because I also realized if I was going to buy, excuse me, if I was going to buy plane tickets to LA to find an apartment anyway, I could actually save money on a ticket technically if I flew to Japan, stayed in Japan for two weeks, then flew from Tokyo to LA, stayed in LA for a week to find my apartment and then flew back to Milwaukee to then drive back to LA to move. So it was like all part of a round trip with a long delay, a long yeah, layover? exactly. <laughs> Which explains why you had more money you didn't know about because you're, <laughs> you got it, you got, you got this financial thing figured out. I know, exactly. I was like, oh, technically I'm safe. Like that was the excuse I tried to. <laughs> what, is, is that so why you long. chose Japan? Because it worked out in the uh, the LA route or was there something specific about Japan that you'd always wanted to experience? Um, I, for a good portion of my life, has, have always been interested in Japan. I would say probably the seed of that kind of goes to my childhood of Pokemon and getting into anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was definitely a very good gateway into Japan and learning about Japan. Um, so it was kind of just over time from that, since I was like nine of like learning more and more about Japan um, outside of even just pop culture that I just got more and more interested in it. And I did start with the basic thing of like, I want to travel outside outside of the country alone. Where do I want to go to do that for the first time? And I literally, I think I did open up Google Maps and then just, I looked at the map of the world. I zoomed all the way out and I was just like, where do I want to go? And you, like you I, did a, you did a POV satellite. I didn't like, do Google, like wish list. Basically, I didn't do like Google Earth. Like I didn't get up too far. Like I just you looked, didn't become an astronaut yeah. for this decision making process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I looked D- at the map. D- this is a this is a mythical thing to do. Yeah, me, it really is. Yeah, you know, it's it. You l- opened it, Google the, Maps and just zoomed <laughs> out as far as you I, would I've go. I've never done exactly. that, but what- You threw a dart. Well, something I absolutely love to do, and I've never taken action on this, uh, is, I mean, everybody, I'm, anybody who's ever had a globe has done their thing where you mm-hmm. spin the globe and like, I'm gonna close my eyes <laughs> and then I'm gonna put my finger on the globe and wherever I land, I'm gonna go. Water. I'm going in the ocean a lot. <laughs> but the idea that you did it with an intention to follow through. And, and it was about, I mean, even the whole process was, 
well, it was about the process. It was about the journey, not the destination, because you didn't have it yet. You were like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go somewhere. I'm gonna go alone. I, I know I know how I'm gonna do something, but I don't yet know what it is. Mm-hmm. Which is actually another chapter we talk about in the book. You probably don't gotta, need to even read it. We gotta quit selling. <laughs> Bookofmythicality.com. You gotta quit selling this book, man. <laughs> no, just, but re- I, just read the book, just read the it, book. But it is very mythical and it's, you know, it's, so you zoomed out mm-hmm. and you saw I And I Japan. did a general did a general scan um, and honestly, I think one of the first things that popped out to me was Japan. Um, and it was kind of one of those things where almost first idea, best idea, where it was just like, I couldn't get out of my head. Like I kept on looking around, kept on hemming and hawing. Like I almost tried to think about it like continents too, where I was like, okay, well, nowhere in North America or even South America, because that's basically part of North America. So like, let's really, let's <laughs> go call. for it. Let's yep. go yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. And then um, I had actually been outside the country before, again, on another family trip um, with my dad where we went to Ireland. So then I kind of canceled. I was like, okay, then no Europe, technically like, where have I like farthest yeah. away I've right. been? Uh-huh. Been and, there, done that continent. Yeah. And I think, it, yeah, all signs just pointed to Japan. Um, and it made me immediately excited. And that's really just how I knew. Yeah. And then when you, so you, you timed it with moving to LA and then, but when you got there, did you have a dad-like itinerary? And more importantly, I'm curious, how much did you talk? Because the way that I think about like solo trips is um, that they're like silent retreats where you find yourself not talking to anyone mm-hmm. except when making like some sort of exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, that's one of the first questions a lot of people ask, especially depending on where you're going. And so far I would say Iceland and Japan have in, in common where it's pretty easy to travel when you're only an English speaker. Um, mm-hmm. In Iceland, actually, even easier than Japan, probably. But um, for the most part, like, a lot of major signs are in, you know, what do you imagine when you imagine Japanese and the Japanese characters? But then there's also Roman letters, basically. So phonetically written out the Japanese words and, you know, so you can actually read it. Mm-hmm. Um so you that, mean, but not necessarily English? What do you mean? Roman yeah, so letters like, but not English. So Roman like letters phonet- like A B C D like A B C D E F G. It's not an English word. What? <laughs> but you could say <laughs> That's why it. I say Roman letters. You could letters. pronounce it. You could pronounce and then it by somebody would know that's what you were talking about. Oh. It's like using English to tell you how to speak J- Japanese. But for most words that works. However, the neighborhood where I stayed the first night did not apply <laughs> to that rule. Um, so this is probably a good example. Um, so literally, I land in Japan. It's over. I can't even remember anymore, but it was like a 12 to 14 hour flight. I land in Japan and I did have a plan for the most part. Like I did try to be really prepared. I booked ahead of time where I was staying, where I stayed in hostels, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the affordable way, affordable way to travel on a budget. Um, which means you you share restrooms with strangers and sometimes you share cots with strangers. Usually it's not cots, it's maybe like a bunk bed scenario, but usually you keep to your own bunk. Um, That's okay. Unless, you know. Well, okay. You've got kind of movies you've been watching. Yeah, if anything, it's maybe there's some consensual sharing, but other than that, it's, right. you know, you, you get assigned. Um, yeah. Get your own bed, man. But yeah, That's it's, considerate. 
Yeah, basically you're kind of in like- It doesn't sound hostile at all. <laughs> <laughs> you're basically in like larger size dorm rooms that usually are at least like six bunk beds. And then, yeah, it's like a communal communal bathroom with you know a bunch of sinks, a bunch of showers. Okay. Um, so I knew- But you were phonetically sounding out signs and it didn't work out? Yeah, so the neighborhood and also like the name of my hostel had the name of the neighborhood, which was, I'll just say what it was spelled. So it was A-S-A. K U S A. How would you pronounce that? A S A K S A. So I pronounced it and thought it was pronounced like how Rhett just said, Asakusa. Because <laughs> I was just looking at it phonetically and like I had actually been trying to learn some basic Japanese, like hello, excuse me, you know. Uh, That's or, my or, bunk, not yours. Uh, I didn't think to do that one. I didn't get that far. Um, where You're in my bunk. Where I thought with for the, me where I thought like I could pronounce, if I saw a word, I'd be able to read it and relatively pronounce it correctly, I thought. But, you know, I got gotten from the airport to one of the, like the main train stations in, um, in Japan, um, I'm sorry, in Tokyo. And so, but it's a big train station. And it's one of those things where there's a bunch of turnstiles and different parts of the building. And I'm not sure how to get to the next train to take me to my hostel. So are you using, um, I mean, this is 2014, right? This is 2014. So, I have a smartphone. Right, so that one of the things that we noticed in, in our recent trip to New York, because we haven't really been to New York and navigated on our own in a, in a number of years, like we've been going for work and it's like you're in a car and somebody else is worrying about where you're gonna be. But the last time I like actually went to New York and like navigated the subway system and all that was ninety nine, right? <laughs> by printed map, not by yeah, Google yeah. app. And you had the map in your pocket. Yeah. But like now with the smartphone, it was like I wasn't thinking about anything. So how did that? How does that translate to Tokyo? Well, and that's that's the thing again, where like at times, especially in these scenarios, like it feels like a cheat code, where a lot of problems can easily be answered by the smartphone. And Google Maps is really great. Like it translates everything, so like it shows everything in the English for in the English version. Um, but it's smart because it hooks up to the public transit system, just like in New York City. You know, it shows the name of lines, does like colored icons to show you like the different lines and whatnot. But it's still, you know, I think it's still like this where it doesn't say breakdown of like, oh, there's multiple floors to this station, and here's how you get to that line you know mm. all you know all i knew was i was in the right building but i didn't know where the hell in the building to go right mm -hmm. um where is asakusa yeah <laughs> and so asakusa and so i and there's and so i went to one of the help desks and i still was uh speaking english because like everyone at those help desks and like especially anyone of like authority that you really need to talk to most likely at least knows a little bit of english if not mm -hmm. is pretty fluent and it was funny because Im immediately the second I said it, like they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I just knew, I was second guessing everything I had done where I was like, did I write down wrong? Am I actually like, what did I do, what did I do wrong? Until finally the person that was helping me like, like realized I was like, oh, Asakusa? Asakusa? Asakusa. I was like, Yes. <laughs> and then like explain to me like, oh, you have to go through multiple turnstiles where I thought like I would be like double charged. 
uh, um, to go through that. I was like afraid to leave, but I had to go through a couple turnstiles to then go down to another floor to get on the train I had to get to. Finally got to my hostel after I think it had been like a full 20 hours, like from like Ooh. Houston airport to Tokyo, like to my actual hostel was like maybe almost like 20 hours. And I was just like spent. But then I, I walk in and, you know, it's maybe, I think it's almost like 11, it was almost 11 or like midnight. But there's someone behind the desk and like they check me in and they immediately ask like, oh, do you want some tea? And they literally give me like a nice like cup of like iced green tea and I take a sip and I swear to you, it was one of the best <laughs> green teas I've ever had. <laughs> and like everything immediately, like all the stress of like travel, I like melted away and got that confidence boost. You'll and never then, have a green tea that good again. Yeah, and then almost immediately went to my room and passed out. <laughs> now were the people- But was Asakusa, did that actually mean something nasty? Yeah, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> that's what I thought was going to happen. I still, no, I just, I still he didn't know how to pronounce figured, it. I still haven't figured out how to do that. Um, to see if that did, was. Um, <laughs> are, who, what kind of people are in these hostels? Is, are, are we talking mostly Westerners th that are traveling around? I mean, that is a good chunk. I would say in Japan there were a fair amount of people from China or Taiwan too. Okay. Um, but I would say it's it's predominantly Westerners, whether it's the U.S. or Canada or you know. UK, parts of Europe. Mm -hmm. now, um, now, and my, other people my, by themselves too. I'm trying to think if I actually met, yeah, I, I did meet a couple of people who were traveling. Okay, but lots of people traveling together. Okay. Now, but my question about talking to people was not actually about the language barrier. It was about literally socially connecting with people. Um, I mean, do you consider yourself an introvert, extrovert? Where are you on the scale? I mean, if you're in a hostile situation, are you, are you like talking to people and making friends, or is your goal to kind of be a monk, <laughs> like a with a vow of silence, and you're like travel experiencing Japan on mute? Uh, I really took it day to day, and I think that's goes again to the idea of like because I'm traveling alone, I can do whatever I want, talk to whoever I want, not talk to whoever I want. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, are are you an introvert or an extrovert? How what would you say? And I think that definitely leans more towards introvert if I like really had to choose between the two. Um, and I think that's what's nice is at least like if you know if I feel comfortable enough, then you know I can be more extroverted. But I think that's what was nice about the hostels where you can usually kind of tell by you know the second you walk into your dorm and say someone's already there, whether or not they're in the mood to talk or chat. You know, just by how whether or not they even say hello to you, or like it's yeah. just like a head nod. <laughs> kind of like when I sit down in a in like a hairstylist chair and I immediately just close my eyes. You're like th th that's the cue that I do, I do not want to to interact with you right I now. I think that's actually probably like the best analogy <laughs> is it's when you go into a new barber, especially like they're, they're yeah. the, within the first two seconds, you both agree like whether or not you're going to have a conversation. Right. <laughs> So I, I do this weird thing where I talk to him for like seven minutes and then I just, then the eyes close. So I, I talk to him, I have the friendlies and then that's I'm That's like, all I got, that's all I want. Yeah. <clears throat> Next now, time I gotta try just closing my eyes and see what happens. So do you have like a, I'm trying to picture you, do you, you have like a backpack well, right on? right there. And like, uh, like, what, like what is your outfit? You got like a track suit? What do mm -hmm. we got travel clothes? Track, <laughs> yeah, he's de I'm definitely picture you in a track suit. Well, you would have to picture me without facial hair because this is, before facial hair. Okay, got um, it. But I, 
I packed relatively light. I did. You couldn't grow facial hair three years ago? Well, at the, at the end of the trip, I did. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I packed, like, pants, one pair of shorts, and maybe, I think at most I did, like, maybe, like, five shirts. But it was, like, meant to be, like, layers, like, a couple T-shirts. And I did, and I got one shirt from REI. Uh, which one was of those like, breathable ones. One of those breathable ones, yeah. but like mm. at like first glance, you wouldn't think of like, oh, that's like one of those like squishy, soundy material like things. Like it looks like a normal collared shirt for the most oh, part. Oh, I know what you mean. But it's got those cool like side roll ups. Vents. Yeah. Oh, like, you're talking about like a fly fisherman shirt. <laughs> you were just, you were a fly. No, man, this is like, no, no right. this is like, no, a, a, legi- like a legit camping shirt, man. Oh, like, no, I would never go to REI. Like, it's like a cool hiking. Guilty. It looks like a, it's like, I've, I've almost gotten one like 700 times. I'd feel I, too guilty for never hiking or doing anything REI-ish. I still continue to wear this shirt like around when I'm not oh, traveling. Oh, I've seen it. I didn't even notice. Exactly. Okay, all right. Exactly. Then, and what, okay, about, you, cool. what about the p- pants? Do you have zip-offs? No, I didn't. I didn't go that far. I either had I had one pair of shorts and one pair of jeans. Okay, but you can get you can get one pair that's the both of them. Yeah, and I was trying REI zip off at the knees. <laughs> yeah, man, I want some of those too. I, I wore those in Buddy System season one. I think I still got them around here, but I don't do stuff that needs it. The last time I wore like zip off pants was like I was like ten years old. <laughs> they're glorious, man. They're I, I don't know if I can go back. You well, feel like you can jump versatile. off of stuff. They are versatile. I don't know if they're glorious. Yeah. Okay. So you're dressed. You, you're pretty legit. You dress pretty legit. Not a lot of clothes. Yeah. So like, what's it like a typical day? Typical day. Um. Again, I think how I plan my trip was not so much of an itinerary of like, oh, I have to be here at at noon because I have to be at this place at 4 p.m. right on the dot. Like I treated more as like I made a list of just like top things. Let's see if I can do these things today. And like in just order of importance where like I absolutely want to do this one thing today. I want to make sure I do that. But then a couple other ideas and then just structure the day out that way. So I think the first day I went to uh, Akihabara, which is like a neighborhood that's just very well known for its like video game stores and mm-hmm. video arcades. Um, so it's like classic of like what you kind of imagine with Tokyo, which is like super tall buildings and like tons of people on the sidewalk crossing streets, just like people everywhere. Entertainment overload. Yeah. Um, so I went there first. I went there first and you know walk, walked around, went to stores, went into an arcade, played some games. It was kind of hard to play the, play the games because, again, not a lot of English in the actual games, but I was able to, like, put money in, hit start, and play and know that I lost. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which is the point. Exactly. Um, yeah, I did that and, like, wandered and purposely, like, wandered around because that's, like, a thing that I really love about traveling and being in a new place is, like, putting that time in to wander and to, like, explore and just Just find. walk around and find yourself somewhere. Yeah, exactly. What was the best Japanese experience and the worst? Like, was there a worst thing? Like, did you get mugged? And what was the best thing? Did you like get married? I'll have to think on the worst thing because I might. It might be just like the first experience of like trying to find my, oh, my that, hostel. That that's first great. Thing. If you if you don't have um, one, that's best. That's really hard to say. Um, it's a combo of a lot of things. I think the number one thing I always talk about with Japan is definitely the food. Yeah. Um, God, I, like I, I was going through my photos. Everywhere or one place, like just the. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Like I was going through my 
photos to prepare for this to you know refresh my memory and i have so many photos of just like food in my hand because <laughs> i was like while i was eating i was like i want to remember this <laughs> now are you Precious a naturally moments. adventurous eater i have as i've grown as i've gotten older because you, you, you can't go you can't go to the gym and be like i don't like fish man i know i'm not really into fish mm-hmm. i don't yeah. do fish um yeah and i already like really like Japanese food in general, but I think one of the things that stuck out to me was um, I finally Googled it to figure out what it was actually called because I couldn't remember. I I walked up to this stall that was outside of this temple near my hostel and they had these fried, these thing, these fried crispy things that had delicious filling in them. And like, that's what they were in my head the entire time until I finally like figured out what they were called is they're called akumanju, which is basically like steamed buns if you've had those before, yeah. which is, mm-hmm. you know, a bread with, you know, round roll size with like, you know, smooth, sweet fillings in it or different savory fillings. But but then it was dipped in tempura batter and oh, wow. fried. <laughs> sounds like the NC State Fair. That was like, that was my breakfast almost like my fir- entire first week in Tokyo. It was like, I would go to that stall and I got like a bunch of different flavors. Like like it had green tea flavored. Oh yeah. Where like they even flavored the breading too. Like the tempura batter was like oh, wow. matcha flavored as lo- at, along with the filling inside. Um, like, and they had like sweet potato flavor, like yam flavored. They had like black sesame flavored. Um, that's one of the things I remember the most of all. Like I got that a bunch. Um, when, um, so you were there for two weeks. I was there two weeks. The, the closest I have to like a solo adventure is one summer, um, I think you were, this was in college. I went to Nashville to visit our friend Josh. I think you were in Slovakia that yeah. summer, and I was I was at um taking summer classes, and I took one week and I went to Nashville to visit him. But he was working, so every day during the week, he w- he gave me his car, and I just you know for so for that eight hours he was working, I was just going around Nashville all alone. And it was the first time that, maybe the only time that I've had like a that much time to myself. And um, I was really excited at first. And I went to the <laughs> at con- first. I went to the Country <laughs> Music Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, who's not excited? And I and I walked around like slow pace, like no one's rushing me anywhere. Like reading all the plaques. I, I read it. I, <laughs> yeah. I can read every plaque. Yeah, yeah. And then after a while That's it's Patty like. Patty Loveless's boots. I don't need to read every <laughs> plaque. No. I'm reading about Patty Loveless's boots right now. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a Patty Loveless fan. Just the third pair of Patty Loveless boots that I've checked out. I went outside here. and um, I had a pack with some water in it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay hydrated. And I remember I would, um, I'd like. I sat outside of the museum, and then I, a few minutes later, I laid down, and then I, I went to sleep. Like on a Wait, bench in the museum? No, outside. Okay. In like, <laughs> I will call it a park. Okay. Like trees outside of the museum. Mm-hmm. I took a nap. Like on a guitar bench. And then I got up, and I'm like walking around and driving around, and then the next day, I, you know, I hang out with Josh that night. The next day, I go into town to Nashville. And I'm like on Music Row. Mm. I'm like I've heard about Music Row, where all the Nash, the Nashville sound. I'm gonna was, take my water made. down to Music Row and just drink. <laughs> and, yeah, so here I am, just drinking water, walking down Music Row, and I, you know, 
I found a little a little park to sit down for a few minutes, and then uh, then I laid down, and then <laughs> there's lots of sleeping. I went to I went to sleep, and I don't think I realized that I was becoming a homeless person <laughs> what, what in I, Nashville. The third day. That's how it begins. If you don't have a return, if you don't have a, like every, a return yeah, trip, I, if, if I don't have an itinerary, I just start sleeping in public <laughs> places. By the by, the fifth day, the last day that Josh was at work. He had a pool at his house. I'm just, I'm just gonna stay here at the pool. I'm gonna stay here okay. and sleep. There's water <laughs> and a place to sleep. I got on a, a float in the mm-hmm. middle of the pool and I fell asleep. <laughs> and I woke up with the worst sunburn you could ever You deserve imagine. every bit of it, <laughs> yeah. man. What a, what a jerk. You know, it's like here I am. I can explore this whole city, and it's like, man, I, I gotta. Whoo, I'm tuckered out. I gotta go to the pool and I'm float. Blown, I'm tuckered out. I got so burnt. The next day we went hiking, and it was like my my collarbones were so burnt that I couldn't sl- swing my arms mm. because it would hurt, and I was absolutely bona fide miserable. You didn't know. You didn't know what to do with myself. But it was a different time because that same summer. I was in Slovakia, and you know, most of um, I was over there with a lot of college students, and like our itinerary was pretty much figured out with what we were doing, right? But it's funny I haven't thought about this until right now, and now that we're talking about it in this context. But fell one of the you fell asleep a lot. Fell asleep in a pool. One of you know, um, we would have some days that we didn't have any responsibilities. And we were like teaching English at these uh, uh, for S- S- Slovaks, uh, and when we didn't have to do that, um, you could do whatever you wanted to. And my inclination was—I mean, sometimes it would be like, "Oh, there's a couple of people that I've kind of gotten to know a little bit better, and I'll go do something with them." But mm-hmm. my disposition was almost always to be like, "I'm just going to go off by myself today. Well, today's a free day, and mm-hmm. I would just walk like the city." So being like Košice, Slovakia, and I would just walk around. Did you ever lay down and sleep? <laughs> Never. I, no. When did you sleep? You're a human. Like I didn't. I can't sleep in. I can't barely sleep in a bed, man. I'm just wondering. Can I clarify? You keep on saying sleep. Do you mean just sleep in determined amount, or like nap, like in a quick nap. fifteen? <laughs> it would easily be forty five minutes. Wow. Okay. Like a, I, if a nap's worth taking, it's worth taking. But I, I take it all the way. But the inclination to just go off and be, but I, but I still, I mean, I was just kind of walking around. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in Tokyo. That's that's for sure. All right, you sent me a postcard from there, and it was two polar bears mating. <laughs> oh yeah, because they do that. That's how they re- they mate little polar bears. I wanted you to understand how <laughs> <laughs> what I was learning. I hope you just thought it was funny. It was, wasn't it? You remember it. It, it was. You funny. remember it to this day. Would you, it was funny. Would it be better if they were sleeping? Yeah. Well, they sleep after. <laughs> well, they sleep. That, yeah. I was like, those polar bears sleep in a weird position. Then I turned over, and Rhett was like, "Dear Link, let me tell you how little polar bears are made." <laughs> flip, flip over postcard. So it was. That was so three three years later. You take a solo trip to yeah. Iceland. So was there a solo trip in between there, or was it? No. We've um, been working you so hard. Yeah, and <laughs> you haven't been able to get away. Well, yeah. So after three years, after like what I would say is like one of the best trips I've ever taken, and it was and it was alone. You know, I always kind of told in my head like, oh, I want to, you know, work hard enough to get to the point where like I can 
be able to do another trip like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to that point where I decided like, okay, this summer, um, while GMM is on hiatus, I'm going to do another trip. Um, a solo trip, specifically. A solo trip. Yeah, another you, solo you trip. You knew I'm saving up for a solo. Yeah. And wh- what was it, uh, not specifically about Japan, or but what, the solo aspect, was it mm-hmm. like, I mean, obviously, you know, and also, you know, three years later, three years older, uh, life changes, you change as a mm-hmm. person. Was there this, because so many things would have to be like worked out in my life personally for me to take a solo trip. Like, I'd ha- you know, it's like, yeah. that, that ain't gonna happen anytime soon. Yeah. But it would be like, this is going to be some sort of deeply uh, contemplative experience if I were to like do this. So mm-hmm. like having done it once, did you approach it differently? And it was like what the, yeah. the purpose of it? And- well, yeah, like, because I had played with this idea of this trip, which what I thought was like, say not the most planned out trip, not like the most like hard itinerary trip that I felt like, I felt again like, oh, maybe I wanna play with this more and like leave, have even, have it be more open and more free to like have time to do what I, do what I want, do whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because and because like I did really enjoy the, the experience of traveling alone, because it, it goes back into all those things of control, like, I did whatever I wanted, eat, hate wherever, I, whatever I want, you know. And I think that was that same idea where like, and there's no necessarily worries about like what's going on back home or whatever or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. like it's about being present for a specific mem- amount of time. And so yeah, I wanted to do that again, and I knew I wanted to do another international trip. I mean, I'll be honest, like it's really hard for me to just not go back to Japan. Like every time I think about doing a trip, it's like, I could just go back to Japan. And uh-huh. like, cause there, I still barely saw like, I don't know, like I small, I saw a small percentage of the country. Like I stayed in Tokyo for one week and Kyoto for another week and did kind of day trips, uh, taking the train a little bit outside the, outside those areas. But for the most part, I was in central Japan. Like I didn't see any of the, like the South or the, or the North. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like there's, playing more that I could have seen. And like, I'm kind of still trying to force myself like, no, part of it too is to also experience something new every time. Like if I'm taking yeah. that time out, I want to do that opportunity to do something new. Mm-hmm. And so part of why I picked then picked Iceland was because usually I realized like when I think about traveling, like I always think more about cities and stuff. Like I'm always first to think of like, ah, oh, it'd be really cool to go to Hong Kong. It'd really be cool to go to Berlin. Like I don't think like, oh, it'd be cool to go to China. It'd be cool to go to Germany. I think more like in city terms. Mm-hmm. So I realized like Iceland would be a good opportunity to once again push me out of my comfort zone of like, oh, this is a trip where you're not, it's kind of weird to like stay in Reykjavik for a week and not go outside the city limits of Reykjavik, which right. is a pretty small city. Um, when like there's so much like just nature to see in Iceland, I think that's probably the biggest number one attracting attractive thing for right. that country is the beautiful like natural splendor. But it's right. a stark contrast to the populace of Tokyo. To, yes. Uh, so was that another factor? Was now I'm going solo to somewhere where I could I could actually stay solo. Yeah, like where I could literally be at the edge of like a waterfall and just be. <laughs> It, oh. The only one. Yeah, which I had imagined in my head and thought was a possibility. Once I got there, a little less likely. <laughs> okay. Because tourism in Iceland in the, in the like the last five years, especially, has just like exploded. Mm. It's 
a population of maybe 300,000, and now they see about 2 million tourists a year. Okay, wow. Which is insane. <laughs> Um, because it just it's become very popular for I think a lot of reasons I think partially because it's so, so beautiful. What well, that, that Ben Stiller movie? Ben Stiller movie. What was that movie? Um, uh, he skateboarded. Was it Walter, Walter Mitty? Walter Mitty skateboarded so, across Iceland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, I think I did see that. That movie came out around the time that I went to go to Japan. Actually, I'm oh yeah, thinking about it. But um, and also Game of Thrones. Uh, I right. think is also like they film a lot of locations there. Um, but yeah, the main attract- attractive thing for me was like, okay, this trip forces me to go outside my comfort zone, comfort zone and go out into nature. Um, and so I planned out my trip where I got tickets and I rented a car and I drove around, say, like a third or like half of the country in a week. In one week. In one week. And what were were there hostels? Were were you? St- what was I, the main thing you were doing? Seeing sights, hiking, just trying to survive in the <laughs> icy depths of, I uh, don't know. All of the above. Um, I mainly stayed in hostels, and one night I stayed in at an Airbnb. Um, I thought I was going to do a decent amount of hiking, but kind of how my trip went uh, canceled that fact. Um, for whatever reason, my first 24 hours in a country like really say a lot about the trip, so... I landed in Iceland and stayed in, Reiki, stayed in Reykjavik that night. I got, I kind of, you know, wandered around the city for the most part that night. And then the next morning I was driving a, probably the longest distance, almost like three or four hours to my Airbnb that I was staying at that night. And I was maybe, the next, so my second day, I was maybe barely 20 minutes outside of Reykjavik. And I, and kind of how Iceland is laid out, there's what's called the Ring Road, which is basically only like two lanes, but it goes around the entire island. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's not like normal, like American highways where, you know, you know, there's maybe some curves, but you know, stuff can be straight. It's all like windy and curvy. And, but then there's just beautiful things that like every turn you make. And I pulled over cause I'd seen, I saw a beautiful mountain and I was like, ah, oh, I gotta take a photo in front of this. And I pulled over to the side of the road and I did a very touristy thing where I was trying to take a photo of myself and I fell into a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you were taking a selfie. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and you Like a big ditch. Like a big enough ditch where- <laughs> Was this a fjord? Um, I don't think that's Technically the, not. I don't think that's there. No, oh. oh no, there's fjords. There are fjords? Oh yeah, there's plenty of fjords. Oh. Yeah, that's right, Rhett. Oh. <laughs> Um, where I thought it's also greener than Greenland, so take a bite out of that. I do know that very green. Um, but I fell into this very green ditch, and how deep was this ditch? And what happened? It was at least four feet, maybe five feet. Oh my goodness. Um, was there ice in the bottom? No. Um, (laughs) what happened? So I did you die? (laughs) So I hurt, I hurt my ankle, like where I. Got out, I got, I climbed out of the ditch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at you. I laughed at myself. It's, um, so I got out and like it was painful getting out, um, both to my pride and my ankle. And so I'm standing up and I'm out of the ditch and I realize when I put weight on my ankle, it hurts. Mm. So I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'll just get in the car. I'm getting in the car and sitting and I can put some weight off it. It'll probably be fine. <laughs> 
I get back in the car and I start driving. But then as I'm sitting with no weight on my foot, it starts to hurt. <laughs> and like every mile I'm driving, it just hurts more and more and more. Just and the I, gas foot? No. Luckily okay. it's my left foot. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, I kept trying to like pull over because there's a lot of spots, especially along the ring road, to pull over and take photos of just beautiful landscapes. Like, it's not like rest areas in America where like, oh, there's bathrooms and picnic tables and stuff. For the most part, most of them are like maybe a miniature parking lot that can fit like five, five-ish cars mm-hmm. and maybe a picnic bench and maybe a sign explaining that area. But other than that, that's it. And like there were so many with so many beautiful spots and like I slowly had to just keep on driving past all of them because I, I got to the point where I was like, I need to, I, I need ice. I'm in Iceland, my ankle hurts. <laughs> I, I need ice. I need ice in my, the land of ice. My ankle hurts and I need ice. Wish I was in Greenland. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I pull out my phone, I pulled over, pulled out Geography my phone. Geography humor. <laughs> And I tried to find like the nearest, what seemed like, okay, this is a big gas station. They should have everything I could possibly need, you know, whether it's, you know, bandage wrap or something or just aspirin, something. So, so I pull over and I get out of the car for the first time in like maybe two hours and I'm immediately limping, limping. Like you swole, man. (laughs) And I... And I looked. I looked at my ankle for the first time too, with like my sock off, and my ankle had like swollen up. <laughs> and I literally like hobbled into this gas station, and immediately realized the biggest irony of Iceland: it's really hard to get ice in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> There's no ice in the in the there convenience was, store. There was no ice. Like they had every possible like bottled drink and stuff, but there was no ice. No ice packs. No nothing. It was still like a convenience store where they had other stuff like car fresheners and stuff like that. But their like medical medicine aisle was basically toothbrushes, toothpaste, and feminine hygiene products. Like that was it. You could freeze that. (laughs) Um, Now, what did you use? What did you do? Does this, does the clerk speak English? They do, they do. Um, And I, and I asked like, do you have ice packs? And, and it was a bit of a surly Icelandic teenager. He was like, oh no, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> and so I bought a water bottle and left, immediately started Googling pharmacies, <laughs> found a pharmacy, drove to a pharmacy, and it was what I thought, was, it was like, you know, Iceland's main chain of pharmacies. They're equivalent of like, say, Walgreens. And mm-hmm. I walk in and it's laid out like what I would call more of like an old timey pharmacy where every single pill is behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Like every pill. Oh, wow. But where's I, the ice? <laughs> and I talk and I talked to the actual like pharmacist in a white coat and like I I thought I was being so smart. I was like, I'm not gonna say Tylenol, I'm not gonna say Advil, no brand names, aspirin. A- aspirin has to be like a universal mm-hmm. one. And I said, like, I need aspirin. And again, an- very similar to um the person in the train station in Japan where he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> like like, why could I possibly need aspirin, even though I limped into, <laughs> into this pharmacy? Maybe she thought I needed something better than aspirin. But finally, she said, like, oh, aspirin? Okay. And pulled up a bottle, and I bought a bottle of Icelandic aspirin. That was all, like, all the directions were in Icelandic, not English. Mm. But I was able to at least figure out, like, okay, I have to take this many. Or, like, I can't max this many in a day. Finally take some, get back in my car, get to my Airbnb. 
um, where I was renting a room uh, in this woman's house. And so I pull up, she's out front, and I limp out of my car and explain like, hurt my ankle, <laughs> fell in a ditch, <laughs> do you have ice? She didn't have ice. <laughs> of she not. didn't have ice. She didn't what, have what ice. do you think you are? I, I, I don't know where I thought I was, but it, <laughs> she did not have ice. Luckily, the bar nearby her house had ice. She went to go get me ice. <laughs> and I got set up in my room, in her mm. house. I put my foot up with a bag of ice and about six Icelandic aspirin in my stomach <laughs> and then just chilled out for the rest of the day. Um, and I, I remember thinking like, I really hope I don't have to actually go to the hospital. Like I didn't think I broke it. Like I really thought it would hurt more immediately if, if I broke it, but it was still like unbearable pain where like if I, I knew like I couldn't walk more than like a couple feet. Um, Man. That was then, a great start. So that was the start of my trip. That was like within the first like 48 hours of my trip. And, but then I got up the next morning and my ankle felt immediately better. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where I could, I could put weight on it. Um, I could actually ascend the stairs to get to the only bathroom in the house <laughs> on my feet instead of going up s- step by step on my butt, which is what I had done the night before. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, uh, Who's this weird American? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not how, how we go up the stairs. Yeah. Um, um, but my host, Madara, like, God God bless her, she had breakfast out for me the next morning with, like, a bunch of different jams and cheeses and stuff, and, like, she made me tea. Once again, like, I think the be- best way I know, like, someone's a good tourist experience is when someone else makes you tea in another country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it is about it. And I'm sh- so then you were able to go from there and see a lot of Iceland, which I'm yeah. sure was was breathtaking. Yeah, and I got a lot of advice from my host about what to do and what to see, and the rest of the trip just got better and better. My ankle got better and better, and the trip got better and better. I think for these solo trips, I mean, what was your expectation, and then what was your takeaway in terms of, was there kind of a goal of either, was it just rest? Was there like a uh, an aspect of ins- introspection? to this, I mean, so as a person, did you come away as a better person? Or what? what's the takeaway? Well, yeah, I think that's why these two trips kind of go hand in hand and that with Japan, part of what I went into it was hoping that it would help prove to me too that like not only, okay, if I can go to this foreign country for two weeks alone, I can move across the country and live in Los Angeles alone was kind of mm-hmm. the idea mm-hmm. I had kind of had in the back of my head. And I came out of it feeling that confidence. Like it was kind of a bit of a confidence boost. Like, okay, I was able to navigate this country. I can navigate this city. And then when I went to Iceland, it made me think like, well, oh, I've already got this one trip under under my belt. I can do this alone too. And I would say like, while I loved my trip in Iceland, I think if if I go back to Iceland, I will definitely have a co-pilot. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely, because not just in scenarios where you say sprain your ankle and <laughs> you still have to drive yourself across the country, but it was, but it, there was like a lot more times where, especially because it's a lot of it is so road trip focused. Like there were just times where I was like, man, I really just want to stare out the window right now. And I can't, I didn't have the control I wanted where like I had to focus on driving. Right. Like I couldn't choose between the two hmm. where I think, especially with like the different types of things you're doing in Iceland, like, it makes sense to like have some form of co-pilots. Also, I saw a lot of couples in Iceland. 
and it like hammered home way more than in Japan. Like I saw everybody's with somebody. (laughs) 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 Okay, so there's 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 a uh, is there an opening? Are you saying there's an opening for a, a, a companion to go go back to Iceland with you? Um, is that what maybe. this is turning into? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have to be honest with you, there's a reason why I came out here today. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. e- even those things being said, I mean, there's, it was it an, an enriching experience? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at the two of them together and you say, okay, this is about me figuring out who I am and what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. And like, if I find myself in a ditch, am I gonna be able to get out of it? Yeah. Um, uh, metaphorically speaking, of course. Of I mean, course. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't actually happen. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, ditch. is it? Would you recommend solo adventuring in general, in yeah. terms of like the building blocks of a person? Yes, but that can be solo adventuring can be anywhere though. I don't think it's a caveat where like, oh, everyone has to travel outside the country because not everyone has that ability or that privilege to be able to do that. Mm. But I think for the most part, most adults have the ability to do something alone and do an adventure alone. And I absolutely recommend it for anybody. It's not easy to do, man. I mean, the the even the, like I said, I there's no like, Iceland or Japan trip in my near future alone, but like I've you know I've told the story before and I tell the story in detail with pictures in the book of, book of medicality about my uh, intention to go off to Joshua Tree by myself for just a weekend, and it's like it's and kind of what I end up talking about in the book is how with all my intention to like be like I know I don't get to do this very often I've got a weekend alone I'm going to like set some goals for myself and I wanna come away with some sort of like epiphany about something because I've got this time to myself. And then I basically just ended up taking a shirtless selfie of, of, of myself <laughs> and posting it on Instagram. And that's, that's what that trip amounted to. I didn't sprain my ankle, but I took a half naked selfie because it, I didn't go in with the right intentions. But you got a good story in a book. <laughs> I, I did, but I've actually thought about, it's funny because I don't know. I don't know if I've been on edge lately or whatever. But Jesse, the other day was like, you know, I really, I really feel like you might need to go away for a weekend by yourself again. <laughs> uh, I think you know we just been working. No comment. So, we've been working so hard. She was like, I, I think you know. I think you could probably use that. You can use that again. But I don't have. Any, I don't have any specific plans to do that. But I'm like, I'm. I, I if I, if I do it again, I have to go in with more intention. Like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be on the internet. I'm gonna take my phone because I might need my phone for survival, navigation mm-hmm. purposes. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not gonna be on social media, and I'm not gonna be taking naked pictures of myself. <laughs> well, I might do that, but I'll keep them to myself. It'll be for me. Yeah, it won't be for the internet. Good. <laughs> but, but it's certainly. I appreciate you, you know your sharing experience with us because. Uh, I mean, it convinces us even more of what a mythical idea it is to do that. Uh, so I, you know, I'll, I, I, w- I think I will always remember the imagery of you pulling up the Google map and then deciding, all right, I've decided to do something in spite of fears, questions, preconceived notions, and now it's just a question of, okay, what's this? What are the specifics? 
because I know it's gonna happen. That's certainly very mythical, so we applaud you, sir, and we're Thank glad you. to have you here as part of the mythical team. Yes, <laughs> and here's to you, mythical beasts, who are bringing up Google Maps right now, looking at all that ocean, finding the islands and the continents and the cities that you might point to. <laughs> point at one of those, and then go stay in a hostel there, uh, but learn to correctly pronounce the name of the place you're gonna stay the first night, and bring an ankle brace and some ice. I'm gonna go take a nap. <laughs>